Hi guys, this is Sarah. And this is Katrina Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the feds. feds. FedWork is the modern day background check. And we encourage people to feed empowerment daily. And, and you're, you're now, now listening, listening to, to FedWork. Work. Hey guys, welcome to FedWork. I'm Katrina Joe, And I'm Sarah. And welcome back to another episode of the Hennessy Never Stop, Never Settle Society special edition series. And we have two amazing gentlemen all the way from the Bay Area, Warren and Matt from Toasted Life. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up? How's it going? So well. Yo, yo, yo. You're in (laughs) Oakland right now. In Oakland. I'm from Fremont, so I'm here for the Bay Area. Okay. You going to high school in Fremont, too? Yeah, I went to American. American, okay, nice. We're not from the Bay, but... Okay, neither um, am I. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys reside there. Okay, I love it. Ten years. Um, Can you guys tell us about yourself? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. So, Matt24, born and raised in Shaker Heights, Ohio. So, suburb outside of Cleveland, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Uh, My parents live further out now. But I've been out in the Bay for about 10 years. So, Cleveland... Morehouse College out here, um, been in tech for about eight years and now full-time entrepreneur with this guy. You, uh, you was at, you were at Google, Google, YouTube. That's right. Come on. So talk, talk, talk. All right. Talk. All right. You want to get it all right. Brag about yourself. Brag about yourself. All right. I'm with it. So yeah, Google for four years um, and then YouTube for about four on the creator and artist development team. So, Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, similar to Matt, uh, still grew up on the East Coast, um, in Jersey specifically, back and forth between there and uh, Atlanta, um, and ended up going to school at Morehouse as well. That's where I met Matt, and um, you know I studied uh, business marketing and psychology, and um, shortly after that, after graduation, came out here for the first time to, to the Bay Area, started my career in advertising. Um, worked at an agency called Goodby Silver Senior Partners. I uh, was doing brand strategy and um, yeah, then pivoted into tech. Um, Jump started there uh, at Apple. I was at Apple for about four and a half years doing um, mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion work, um, program talent program management. And then uh, the last two <clears throat> years of my corporate life was spent at Airbnb uh, um, working on the design team there. And so yeah, jump ship in 2019 uh, to focus on Toasted Life full time. And, you know, here we are. That's amazing. I love this. Your guys' background is amazing. You guys have all, all the experience in tech and everything in the Bay Area. So kudos to you guys for that. Thanks. Um, so from the tech background and the, you know, business background that you guys have, like, when did you guys both realize that, hey, we want to take this jump to go into, you know, the entrepreneur role? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think it was definitely something that Matt and I both chatted about occasionally. We started the brand while working full time back in 2013, uh, became an official entity in 2015. And so like, you know, our our years were pretty much nonstop, right? Like we're working Monday through Friday for our full-time jobs. And then on the weekends, we're jetting to different cities trying to activate and, 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 and build this side hobby, side hustle, if you will, <laughs> which then turned into what felt like a full-time second job. <laughs> and so yeah, right, right. it was also just like juggling that, trying to learn what we can at our day jobs um, and also wanting to show up for those companies as well. You know what I mean? Like that was our livelihood. And so 
Um, you know, we would always discuss like, well, what does leaving corporate America look like? Um, what is our plan for the future for this business? Um, and how do we exit, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in the appropriate way, in a way that's going to protect us and make sure that we can do what we need to do. Um, and I think, you know, personally, I can't speak for Matt, but for me, it was like, you know, you can't, you can't serve two things at the same time. And, you know, having one foot in one thing and one foot in another thing, none are really going to grow. Um, and so it kind of came to a head where it's just like, got to make a decision. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to bet on us. Um, felt like, well, I would regret not taking that leap, knowing that we have such a substantial resume that we could also go back to, you know, God forbid things didn't work out, but it was like, right. go all in now, let's do it. Now's the right time. And, you know, make the leap. To that point, I mean, when you're chasing two things at once, you know, one thing's going to get away. We kind of, you know, we felt like that could have been the case for us and we wanted to double down and commit. Um, there was times, so my, my YouTube office was maybe like 15 minutes from the airport. I remember just being at my desk till like six o'clock, you know, everybody was kind of leaving on a Friday. It's eight o'clock, everybody's, everybody's gone. It's nine o'clock. You know, I left my car at, at YouTube, jetting to the airport. Maybe we're going to New York to produce the event. We're landing at like 6 a.m. <laughs> and that was at like 4 p.m. And then we're on that flight back right to back to the bay and in and, and those in those desks, you know, at YouTube and Airbnb and, and no one knew. <laughs> right. So I was yeah. ask, was it something that like did they were they aware that you had this kind of other 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 thing you were doing or or did you kind of like intentionally keep them separate? I think some people knew. Um some people thought we were full-time in events and didn't have these corporate jobs, right? And I think some people might've thought the reverse, but it also was part of, I think, like part of the, our brand too, yeah. in our story. I mean, I just know like at some point in time, I wanted to like try to keep it under wraps. Um, yeah. You know, like, especially in those industries, knowing that we're the minority, like, you know, you have a certain perception of having to perform a certain way and like, I never wanted to give any of like my counterparts an excuse to look at me differently and feel mm -hmm. like I wasn't bringing enough to the table. And so <clears throat> I personally was just fearful of like being able to, yeah, like showcase this baby that was, was built, you know what I mean? And like right. <laughs> probably while having this job. So, you know, people that were close to me, you know, I definitely then knew, knew what was going on, um, but I was also, always looking over my shoulder like, yo, like, <laughs> you know, like, what's going to happen here? <laughs> so, right, right. There was those uh, moments, too, where we kind of like, maybe we had a meeting, a toast-like meeting in the middle of the day. We kind of hide off and, and go into a conference room and just knock out that meeting really quickly and hope no one saw us. But, right, uh, right. Yeah, a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, because I was going to say, with you mentioning that you were doing it simultaneously with the, you know, corporate career job, like, how was that on you guys for your work-life balance? Like, were you just like, go, go, go? Because I feel like on your downtime from the, you know, full-time job, you were doing your passion, which was, you know, becoming into Toasted Life. Yeah, I mean, it took a toll, you know? And I think when you're, yeah. in the, when you're in it, you're sort of working on autopilot sometimes and you don't yeah. even have the space to recognize that something's wrong. Um, <laughs> there were just moments, personally, where... Um, yeah, didn't have space to appreciate what we were building also. Right? Like, there's just mm -hmm. like one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, and then switching gears and like handing in that report or that project for work. <laughs> and it was just like, there was no space right. to be like, yo, like, 
man, this was a huge milestone. This was a huge accomplishment. How do we celebrate that? How do we, you know, like, you know, feel with the gratitude within that, you know what I mean? And so I think there was no work-life balance personally, you know, on, on this. I don't know how you felt, but. Yeah, no, nah, we, uh, we were chasing it. We were going after it. Um, and I think we did that for almost six years. Right? Wow. And uh, so we, we put in our time. And again, part of it was like, you know, how do we time this right? Right? Can we time this right? Right? Like, is this something that we work so hard to to get into those companies too, like Apple and Airbnb and Google? And you know, we wanted to. We were super appreciative of those things, right? And we knew so many so many people were knocking on those doors to kind of be in those seats. Um, right, right. That that was a scary thing for us. You know, do we do we let it go? You know, do we continue to burn ourselves out, or do we commit to what we care about? Yeah. I mean, I know. Brandon and I have kind of been in the same boat where you forget to celebrate even the small wins because the small wins get you to the next, you know, to the bigger achievements and accomplishments. And so we've talked about that before about how important it is to kind of like stop and smell the roses, you know, like it's important to celebrate every little step because every step gets you to the final goal, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, and that, that is, so that is toasted life to be honest. Yeah. That's why we, I love you. Tell us, can you tell us the yeah. people that don't know about Toasted Life? Can you give us the rundown on, on all of it? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, Toasted Life is a play on Toast to Life. Um, and it's really all about, it is gratitude. It is creating space for people like us, people, um, you know, that are doing really great things or overcoming things um, to celebrate themselves, whether that's professionally, personal growth, you know, the whole spectrum of, of, of who we are as humans. And so we know that <clears throat> um, working hard is just sort of like a default for a lot of people of color, you know, to get into the spaces that we are, are navigating. Um, and, you know, to your point, Sarah, like we don't stop and smell the roses all the time. And so we wanted to create a brand that allowed our community to do that more frequently and sort of be that vehicle. And so we... Uh, um, we are our entertainment lifestyle brand. Um, we create bespoke, elevated lifestyle events and experiences um, across the U.S. and, and abroad. And, um, you know, we do that through parties, through networking events, through trips um, and yeah, like just different brand activations and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been it's been a wild road, but, you know, we were really we're really excited to continue to grow the vision and, and take things even higher. So, yeah. So yeah, in a nutshell, we try to be that that glue for people that look like us, right? Young professionals of color. Um, whether that glue is taking a trip to Tanzania or Ghana, maybe it's doing a really cool roundtable with a celebrity, maybe it's renting out a rooftop party in a rooftop venue in New York. Um, we try to consistently be creative and, and try to figure out like what what could be that that, that nucleus, right? Um, but we've been we've done events in New York, Atlanta, DC, Portland, Cleveland, Detroit. Yay! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Detroit, there you go. Um, Kenya, Tanzania, Ghana, Ghana. I was gonna say you kind of brushed over that earlier. You yeah, know, like, yeah, Tanzania. You know, like no big deal. We were just in Africa, you know, doing toasted life. Like what? That is amazing to like. How did that land? Like, how did that, how was that the next step? Like, how did you, how did you decide, like, not only are we doing this here, but let's take a group of people and let's celebrate 
in Africa? Like, how did that come about? I, I have to know. Like, I think it's so cool. I mean, when we, we wanted to make this brand a lifestyle brand, you know, um, and when we think about lifestyle, we look at it as like, there's a social aspect to our lives. There's a professional aspect to our lives. And then there's leisure. And mm -hmm. so we feel like travel is a huge component in that. I mean, and even now it's like, they're all blurring. <laughs> you know? right, right. Um, but, you know, I think it was just, it was an inspiration for us to be like, wow, you know, we are avid travelers personally. Like we would just literally get up and go and take four days and go to, I don't know where we go, Ta Taiwan. And like, you know, it didn't even matter where we would go. I right? was like, yo, let's go. And so we were just like, well, how do we bring our community into that and like continue to create that, that, that feeling of exploring new things and finding yourself in a new place. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where we created our, our experience destination trips. And um, yeah, just wanted to build community, try to, you know, globally. Yeah. As we can. I love that. And I love that you guys also put like a bigger purpose behind, you know, celebrating and like coming together as a community. Like, yo, like we're going to vibe, we're going to connect, but then we're also going to like celebrate these life milestones and, and celebrate one another, which I feel is like a huge takeaway, you know, on any event or any, you know, social gathering that you would go to. I think that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People that come out to our experiences, I mean, they're like remarkable people there. You know, some of them are getting their law degrees or they're at B school at a place like Stanford or UC Berkeley. You know, they're, some of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them are, you know, mid-level execs at all these amazing places. Um, and yeah, celebrating is, is at the core of what we do. Like, um, they're, they're amazing, amazing folks. I love that. Where do you guys see Toasted Life in the next year? <laughs> I mean, you've done all these amazing things here in the U.S. You've gone to Africa. Like, what is the the goal for the next 365? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, as, as devastating as COVID has been. Um, right. You know, for a lot of businesses, you know, even personal people's lives, families, things of that nature. Um, it, did, it did give us an opportunity to be still that in a way we had never been before, you know, always been on the road. And um, 2020 was a year for us to like really get that clarity and truly sit, understand where we want to take the business, what we want to do. Um, and, you know, right now we've just been in a process of just like tightening up our business and how it runs, you know, and yeah. what we want to do and how we want to, and how we want to run it, um, you know? And so, we're looking at just beefing up our content strategy and looking to see what does that look like? How do we engage with our audience in a better capacity outside of events? Um, you know, how do we make sure that we can, you know, target our clients and our brand partners in a, in a really meaningful way? And sort of what is that positioning so that we can continue to grow business on sort of uh, the B2B side, which is, you know, something else that we do that a lot of people don't know about. Right. Um, and so just working to figure out, you know, those business models, those revenue channels, really getting tight on like the X's and O's of the business is, is something that like we're really should be focused on the next the next couple of months going into next year so that we can uh, yeah, take our event strategy and our, our framework, you know, higher and a little bit more streamlined. So, yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel like that's such a big 
um, key point in any entrepreneur journey is because I think as an entrepreneur, right, like we don't have normal hours coming also from an entrepreneur background. Like it's not a like, you know, we clock in, we clock out, like we are always on the go. And sometimes you can get caught up in like the next event, the next thing, the next connect, the next whatever it is. And I think you know, what you just said is so important for entrepreneurs to know that it is okay to, like you said, be still buckle Mm -hmm. down and focus on the back end of the business so that you can, you know, continue to strive, you know, on the front end. So I love that. Well, because it stops you if, if, you know, if you're not tight in the back end, it stops you from being able to best serve your community and to best serve the, the, process of what you're actually building in the first place. You know, if you, if you get too ahead of yourself and the back is unraveling, all of a sudden everything falls apart. So, you know, like you said, 2020 was a terrible year for a lot of people, but the stillness that it provided, I think was beneficial, especially to entrepreneurs to kind of refocus, recenter, you know, was anything that we were doing maybe frivolous and we didn't need to do that, you know? Sure. For sure. Man, I know you, you have some- no, I mean, back to your point. Yeah, I think uh, the pandemic allowed us to take a step back, you know, trim the fat. I mean, there's a lot of things that we were doing that weren't necessarily contributing to that mission that we, that we previously set, right? And uh, allowed us to think critically about our business. And we hosted some really dope sessions to, to, to really uncover some of that information from our audience. Like we did a Focus a focus group. Yeah. We went to maybe three of our biggest markets, sat people down via Zoom, um, hired someone to just just pull out information from them, uh, you know, and, and better understand our business in a way we, you know, we never knew. Right. Okay, so that's the next year, right? But what about the overall legacy of Toasted Life? Like, what is what is the goal to to kind of leave behind when when you know all is said and done? Well, I think even looking at some of the stuff that we've done so far, um, I mean, it, it kind of blows my mind in terms of just the impact you've had, right, uh, on us on a uh, small level, right? And the goal is to continue, continue these things. But, you know, people email us all the time about meeting their fiance at one of our events or, uh-huh. you know, meeting their husband or, you know, they're now their best friend who they're traveling across the world with or their business partner, right? And now they're getting funding for their first startup. Um, we'll, we'll never know the, the full spectrum of the impact that we can make, but hearing those stories, you know, are really special to us, um, you know, and uh, yeah, push us daily and consistently. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, we've always sort of had these three sort of pillars around like social connectivity. You know, we're really big on economic empowerment. Um, and again, just that like, that, that leisure, that leisurely lifestyle. And so, um, you know, we see sort of a world where those are integrated um, and we can sort of like, you know, have a global footprint in a way where people like us have access to these type of events and experiences um, that are, you know, targeting different industries or targeting different topics or, you know, conversations um, or events or parties, things of that nature. And, you know, we can continue to be sort of that like conduit or that bridge that like, um, yeah, creates access essentially to, to that nowhere, no matter where you are, you know, if you're in London and you're looking for your community or you're, you know, you want to tap into the DC world, like, cool. You know, if you are in Ghana and you're looking for that private members club, that's like super swanky, like, cool, we got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. where, 
where 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 are those connection points? And I, I think we are set up, or we feel like we can be set up in a way to like be that like be that vibe, you know, plug and play. I love that. <laughs> I think that's so great, especially with you know, like you mentioned, the worldwide connect. Like, how many times are people traveling and they don't know where to go or what to do? You know, if you know, you guys are setting it up where it's kind of like, oh. I don't know where I want to go, but I know that I love this brand. I love following what they do and they have X, Y, and Z in these places. Like people are probably going to decide to go on trips based on things that you do. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's so amazing. I mean, you touched on it earlier about just like your guys's community, right. And how you want to be able to connect people ongoing relationships are never ending, right? It's always about relationships. Um, but with that being said, like what, wh- how would you describe that your guys' community means to you? Because you literally like have built your own community, I'm sure as individuals, but as Toasted Life as well. letters. No, I would say, uh, I mean, community is everything to, to us and our brand. Um, again, it's why we started Toasted Life, right? I think, uh, we didn't take our college experience for granted, but, you know, went to HBCU, it's a very special, unique place. More specifically, you know, everyone looks like us. Uh, you walk around these halls and whether you know that person's name, you know, they're checking up on you. Like, oh, how'd that Tesco or um, also played sports at school? Like, how did that meet go for you? Um, people were just always there for you. They're, they're in your corner. And uh, when we came to the Bay and it was all about work, right? And we didn't necessarily have that community you know, we were very heads down. Like, I gotta, I want to get promoted. I need to get get to that bag. You know, I want to um, be successful in, in the place that I'm at or that we're at. But by the time you lift your head up, you're like, you know, socially, you know, those things suffer, right? Um, and we realized that our community, especially a lot, of, a lot of young professionals of color that were making that same transition, like us, um, needed us to to step in and to help them with that. So I would say, you know, community is, is, is the, yeah, it's at the core of what we do. Yes, it is the nucleus, right? <laughs> community always is, though. Like, who are we without our community, right? And I mean, and when we go to certain places, like, you know, we're always hearing, man, like, I can't find, I can't find us. Like, I can't find the group where people are moving or relocating because, they're looking, they're missing something as a void. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's us or just, you know, other, other groups that like are targeting, um, bringing people together, like that's mm-hmm. what we support. And that's how we want to continue to be a value add is, yeah, create spaces where like we can be ourselves, you know what I mean? So. For sure. Yeah. I love that. So how did you guys hear about the Hennessy Never Stop, Never Settle Society? I mean, it was, it was hard not to hear about it, right? <laughs> Everywhere, but, like every, I mean, it was all over the web. I mean, we were getting emails from different friends that thought we would get fit for it. My, my wife flagged it for me. She's like, you guys are applying for this. Yeah. Um, so it was hard to miss, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously we've looked up to Hennessy for a long time in terms of, you know, what Hennessy represents as a brand and how they show for our community. I think there's other brands that, you know, have built their, built their brand off the backs of, of, of our culture. Right. Um, and, and Hennessy, you know, obviously authentically shows up in our space. Yeah. 
and and appreciates the black consumer, which is awesome thing. So we've always kept our eyes on the brand as something that we like aspire to take little things from, right? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. And I think like starting my career in advertising and, and marketing, um, you know, always looked up to Marcus Graham project and 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 Lincoln and the work that he was doing you know, at an early stage. Um, and um, yeah, just seeing that partnership come together was like a really, really dope moment. You know, it's just like when you see something a while ago and you see like the vision that they're trying to implement, um, right. and, you know, it just seems like every step of the way uh, it's growing. And then you see something like this happens. It's just like, okay, now, now it's, you know, now we're here. And like, that's crazy. Right. You know, I think it was just such a big moment for the community. And like, I think being in the industry of market advertising, like I have a lot of friends and stuff as well that were just shooting this over. It's like, yo, check this out. You need to apply. You need to apply. And so, I like, mean, again, <laughs> shout out to the community though. Like, yeah. shout out to the community. Yeah. Shout out to Wifey. That yeah. is like, yo, we see you guys. Here you go. Yeah. Like, you know, opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we yeah. buckled down, we sat down, was like, yo, let's <laughs> thinking we could found it out. Like, hey, let's just carve out two hours. And then we're like, hold on, there's this is tab after tab after tab. Mm-hmm. It was it was harder yeah. than for college. <laughs> <laughs> It is, uh, a, it is a process, right? That, yeah, but um, it pushed us to just think about our business even more strategically. Um, and in terms of just some of the questions that were asked, they were also very thoughtful and thought-provoking. And um, it took a lot of a lot of work from the Hennessy team to pull that together. And, and this, I mean, we're super, super blessed and appreciative. That's amazing. I mean, you guys are one of the first, right? The first group to be selected for the Hennessy Never Stop, Never Settle Society. Like, are we doing a toasted life event for this? <laughs> are we celebrating? Hey, like, what? There we go. What, 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 what are we doing? Can I come? For sure, for sure. We love to toast, raise glasses in honor of this experience for, you know, with, with everybody. Um, that would be amazing, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's fitting, right? It's only right. I mean, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta celebrate you guys more. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get Mr. Harris back on the on the line. Drew <laughs> <laughs> Harris, we gotta right, right. Shout out to Drew. Taking notes, taking notes. <laughs> um, and I'm, I know you guys are familiar with the the Hennessy mantra: "Never stop, never settle." What does that mantra mean to you guys? Hmm like that yeah yeah i mean it's about you know i think there's always going to be hurdles you know especially as an entrepreneur you know you can uh think you got it all figured out right like let's let's map it all out this is step a b c and we'll get to that finish line but as an entrepreneur and you guys know this that's not the case all right you're, you're kind of behind the wheel and you're you know dodging potholes you're 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 maneuvering um and uh you can't let those things take you backwards right um you know it's okay if they do but you got to be resilient right and i think that's what this society embodies um and it's core to entrepreneurs and the lifestyle and and the mentality that they have to have and carry forward i think like it, it definitely resonates um, when it comes to like always 
being in action. You know, I think a lot of time for entrepreneurs, just people that have like ideas in general, right? They get stuck not starting or they get stuck like just overanalyzing a decision <laughs> when it's like no decision is actually a decision. And so it's like always encouraging us, I think, to try to keep moving forward no matter what. I saw like a picture on Instagram like a week ago and it was like, it had like inaction and action and like, um, it was like the idea and it started like fizzle out with no action. So the line got like really, really thin and open transparent, but then it showed like the other line and it was just like action. It was like baby dots. And then it was like, boom, you know what I mean? Charted, uh, charted up. So it's just like, okay, you keep, you keep going. You're not stopping. You're not settling. All it takes is one time for you to be right. And then now you're just charting up in a direction that you didn't, couldn't, couldn't even imagine. So that's what I, you know, I think never stop, never, never settle really embodies. It's just like, oh, go after it. Keep going. You know? I love that. Yeah. Yes. So I guess the, the whole keep going thing, let's, uh, let's talk about kind of what inspirations, whether it was people or experiences or, or things that kind of led you there, but, but what inspir what motivates you, you know, to keep going? Because there are moments as an entrepreneur where you're like, nope, done over it. No more. <laughs> You know, so what, what kind of encourages you to, to keep going? Hmm, that's a good one. I would have to say my parents, honestly, um, and, and both of them, um, you know, they've, I guess I'll talk about my dad first. I mean, he's made a lot of sacrifices just for, you know, me and my siblings, my, our family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a immigrant, moved to Ghana, living with nothing, you know, thought all universities were the same, was just applying to wherever you can get in. Um, you know, fast forward now, he, he's a physician and he built a hospital in, in, in Ghana in, in the same village, wow. you know, got him the chance to, uh, make it to the United States. Right. And in his village, like people were literally trying to scramble, you know, dollars and cents to fund his trip to America, you know, not even knowing what's on the other side of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, I, I couldn't have my parents work harder for me, you know, than I guess myself, right? So I felt like I had to work harder for myself than they to work harder for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, so yeah, definitely my parents. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I would say, you know, similar, um, you know, specifically, definitely my mom, uh, being a single single mom raising me um, until she got remarried, but you know, there's a period there where I, I saw her trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, doing what she had to do as a black woman, you know, working at Johnson and Johnson or these, you know, these crazy companies and stuff. And also trying to take care of me. Uh, he was a handful too. Yeah. I'm just going to say, <laughs> how much, what did you put her through? <laughs> I was, I was a lot. I was definitely, I was definitely a lot, She so. deserves her own grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure, but like you know, I definitely, I definitely look up to her. Um, you know, her drive is incredible. She's still going to this day on her own business and stuff now. And so it's kind of just like, you know, just continuing to uh, encourage me um, and just see more for me. And I just sort of like I've always wanted to live up to that. Um, and you know, I definitely feel like I have, and she's you know, she's definitely made it known. Um, but now it's more so about like, you know, she has these three sayings. It's like. Uh, learn all you can, earn all you can, and then return all you can. And so, you know. Yes. I like, love that. 
like I've learned a lot. And, you know, now we're in the process of our business of like, okay, how can we continue to earn and make sure that, you know, we have a profitable business, obviously. Um, but also at that same time, we want to give back and we want to continue to like sort of be that beacon or, you know, just like I said, create those spaces and like help people, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, you know, life's not promised. So it's like, while we're here, we got to make an impact as best we can. Yeah, for sure. I got goosebumps. I know. <laughs> I might feel that. I shout out moms. That was that's amazing. I I don't think I've heard that before ever. So I know. Oh yeah, she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna come back with the with the trademark infringement. (laughs) (laughs) Infringement. (laughs) Right, right. She got (laughs) mine. Sure. Um. While we're kind of touching on entrepreneurs, obviously, like that's you know a huge thing for Katrina and I, for FedWork in general, and obviously with Hennessy, um, you know, you guys have done a lot of work with a lot of other people as well. So what do you think are the biggest obstacles in general for entrepreneurs, you know, and, and what ones have you faced uh, that have, you know, kind of maybe given you a, a light about what being an entrepreneur is really like? Uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is probably like, just like focus um, focus and simplicity, you know, I think, uh, especially like coming from Apple, like, you know, there's such a perfectionist culture of mm-hmm. like not shipping it out until it's right. But, you know, you forget that they're also a 30 year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> company. And so like, right. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. And so I would say it's just like, don't focus on perfectionism all the time. Like, get it out and continue to iterate and just get something in the hands of people. Um, mm-hmm. I think even with us, like, you know, we do want stuff to be uh, of, of that, you know, meets our standards, you know what I mean? But like, we shouldn't uh, be so, I guess, um, precious about everything that we do. Um, if it's stopping us from moving forward, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, to this point, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like they're too afraid to just start sometimes, right? Yeah. And uh, they think they have to have it all figured out before they, they push go, right? Like, okay, uh, this is how it works. This is how the industry moves, you know? And, and most of the time you can't prepare for, for half the stuff you'll experience. Uh, but if you do just start, you know, what time you'll learn, right? And you can make those adjustments. I mean, you could wait too, but if you just wait, you might lose your chance to strike, right? You might, uh, you might get beat to the punch as well, right? Someone else might jump on it. Um, or, you know, by the time you're ready to jump on it, maybe that product or service isn't even valuable to your, your, your to, the, to the market at that point, right? So okay. just jump into it, give it a go, and, and um, you know, it's okay to fail. I think that's the hardest, the hardest thing to remember is that it is okay to fail, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of entre- entrepreneurs, especially, you know, you guys did it too, where you, you keep the day job, right? Or you keep the thing that's kind of helping feed your dream until it's finally time to kind of cut the cord and you just hope that mm-hmm. it that it works. And I think that's always, you know, from my experience, that's always kind of been the scary part is is the the letting go kind of thing and just seeing if it works. And yeah. trial and error. I think a yeah. lot of entrepreneurs are scared of that. Like trial and error like it's okay to try something and if it doesn't work okay let's double back 
and then either approach it differently or, you know, do it better than we did it the first time. Yeah, man, I think it's hard, especially in today's age with just everything being so social media heavy. Um, I think people necessarily aren't afraid of trial and error and failing, but it's more so doing it publicly is, yeah. is mm-hmm. a big component. So it's like, how do you get over the way people see you? And yeah. which translates to how you might see yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. So for you guys, when you started, you know, obviously like you started with events um, locally and expanded that nationwide. But when you guys decided to start the travel component, I, I'm obsessed with travel. It's like my very most favorite thing. So I'm just super curious as to how how that transition was that first trip. Like, did you invite, was it kind of like to the masses? Like, hey, everyone, we're doing this. Or did you kind of do a, a smaller test group with maybe some of your friends and family and treat it as if it was, you know, still treat them like they're, you know, the people that you invited even if they are close to you and still treated it as that experience. Did you do something like that? Almost like a focus group trip? Yeah, no, you got it. Yeah, we, we started with, uh, we had our hunch in terms of what we assumed, you know, mm-hmm. the right experience and, and what consumers wanted. But uh, we, we did a, like a pilot almost. Okay. So it was uh, people that we trusted. We went out, maybe it was like 10 or 12 people one of the first trips. We actually did two pilots. Yeah, we did a Toronto pilot. And then we did a Tanzania and Zanzibar pilot. And uh, yeah, we learned a lot, <laughs> right? Like, uh, even with that small pilot of 10 people, it probably took more effort, energy, resources to pull that off than maybe like a thousand person party, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, we just knew that we had to, if we were going to roll this out, we're going to have to do it right and double down mm-hmm. on it. Um, we also did some... Con- we also partnered with other entities that were in the space to, to do more like agency work. So like, hey, let's not own the whole trip, but on the back end, let's own these pieces. And uh, what we were really doing, we were just learning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what about it. Yeah. And now how many people are on your, your trips? Yeah, they're, they're actually still intimate intentionally. Okay. Um, okay. And that's because once you start getting too many people, it's you got 15 shuttles and you're trying to do <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Uh, not stragglers, not, not, you know, people just can't wake up. Um, but yeah, I mean, these trips are really special. I mean, even our last one, because we have different threads, you know, they're talking about buying land, they're talking about, you know, funding some companies locally in, in Ghana. Some um, actually, so I think some, I think at least two people from our trip ended up relocating and got it during during the pandemic oh yeah they, wow yeah, wow that's right. amazing yeah that was the first time going with us and then yeah they had a good experience and they went back by themselves and just started you know tapping in so yeah. that's amazing and maybe the next trip they'll be one of the you know the people that you tap in with about helping you know put together the trip who knows no, yeah, for sure. Uh, but a part of the trip too, we also like activate locally. So we'll do like a, a big party. Um, so a lot of you know, maybe there's expats pulling up. There's a lot of locals pulling up. Um, usually we host like a, a panel on the ground too. So we'll like create like a, a conversation of some sort and tap different influencers that are part of the community out there to have conversations. Um, so maybe do the like the um, volunteer, volunteer, the volunteer stuff. Yeah, yeah a lot of volunteering. Um, even one of our trips, we did this really cool like soccer match <laughs> with locals. So we mixed up the teams. We took this like mini stadium over, turned the lights on. It kind of felt like it, it was a 
like a varsity soccer game. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's um, dope. That was really, really cool. Um, so it's, uh, we take a lot of elements of the stuff that we do in the States. We, we do it in the market while we're there. Mm-hmm. And then a part of this also is, is bringing this group along. I love it too, because it's like you're leaving a mark on every place that you go where you're impacting the community there as well. And, in you know, who knows what their their week, their month, or their year had been like? But that that week that you were there and, and doing these things for the community, like that that changed their lives. And how cool is that to be a part of, you know, kind of touching on both sides, right? And, and especially adding the volunteer aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Volunteer yeah. stuff is really cool. I'm going to talk about yeah. why I wasn't was the incubator. It's like that group we did in Ghana. Yeah, like the, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we actually got hooked up with a program that's like a government program through the United Nations somehow. Um, and we went to go meet with some almost like top scholars that have been tapped to like be a part of this program. Like they're kind of like banking on them to you know, uh, solve a lot of the problems that the country is, is facing. This is in Ghana. Um, but yeah, we got a chance to sit down with some of the folks one-on-one, talk about their projects, coach them through their projects. Uh, some of the people on that trip were executives at Google. Somebody came from like Abu Dhabi. We had all sorts of people with different experiences that, you know, it was pretty cool to see. It almost felt like we brought a little bit of a B-school atmosphere, business school atmosphere to this, right. to this classroom. Um, but we do a lot of stuff in the philanthropic world. Like we've done uh, outside of our trips, like we used to do some pop-ups at nursing homes, which was really cool. We would take one of the dopest DJs in the Bay, plug him into a nursing home, bring a lot of young people, and we're like dancing with the young folks. Inflatable, inflatable instruments. Oh yeah, we do like <laughs> do like soul train lines. Yeah, uh, yes. They're put pushing on the wheelchairs and like it was it was bring roses and stuff. It was really dope. Shout out to Ricky, That's my buddy from Cleveland, and we usually tag team on that experience through his organization, Rick. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And do you feel like those moments kind of give you a glimpse of like, okay, like th- this is where I need to, like, this is where I should be. Like we made the right move. Like when you're doing things and really like impacting lives and you see it on other people's faces, like are those moments where you're kind of like, oh, this is, this is real. Like I'm in my purpose kind of thing, you know? Yeah, Sure. Yeah, keeps us going. Keeps us going. Uh, we we appreciate hearing from like consumers too. A lot of times, like we just don't know these things. Like we'll hear it through the grapevine, but some people are just sending us photos. Like, hey, I just had to say this and get this off my chest. Right. Uh, I'll pop up in our DMs and and kind of share. But uh, yeah, I think you know, again, being entrepreneur is so hard. Maybe if we if we didn't hear those things or you know didn't see the impact. I think it, you know it's tough, right? To keep you going. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot more work that goes into it. Yeah, and I think, like, during the pandemic, I think that's why it was one of the hardest aspects because, like, you know, the virtual stuff, we did it. We know we could do it and we brought a lot of people together virtually, but, you know, it, there's aspects of it that just aren't the same, you know? Right. And, and, you know, we just, we had our, and we had our block, 4th of July block party. It was like 1,500 people a couple months, a couple months ago. And, you know, when you look when you look at certain groups of people in the crowd, like the way they're just smiling and like so happy to be out and like just I don't know, it's like there's no feeling like that to know that like okay, yo, you created a space that 
people are truly enjoying themselves and like connecting and having a good time. It's like, it's just, it makes it all worth it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I want to change it up just a little bit um, and talk about adversity. Uh, you know, have you faced that on your journey and, and kind of how did you work through that and overcome that to, to be where you're at now? Ooh, yeah. Adversity. There's a, there's a lot of that. I mean, yeah. Something that jumps out to me just in general, I mean, you know, obviously our, our consumer base is uh, mostly people of color, right? And, um, you know, we've definitely had issues like going into certain spaces or trying to take over certain spaces. Um, and and a lot of businesses push back, right? Because when they think that, you know, they see our consumer base in a certain way. Right. And these are mostly non-black establishments I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really, you know, it, that stuff like kills us. It really hurts us, you know. And uh, I think a lot of our consumers don't know that's the battle that we're constantly fighting, not constantly fighting, but we, we fought for them. Right. Uh, but, you know, we wear who we are on our sleeves. Right. Like this is the audience that we want to show up for, that we care about, that who we truly are. Um, um, but. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of racism, unfortunately, like in our industry, um, yeah. especially when it comes to like nightlife and certain kinds of experiences. Yeah. Um, I think you know we just left our jobs in 2019, um, and you know last year was supposed to be the year where we like really. I feel like 2020 was every because it was going to be everyone's year, right? 2020 was supposed to be the year. The year. It just was not. <laughs> it was supposed to be it, and it just was not it. Right. <laughs> um, right. You know, and I, I think that, like, as an entrepreneur, you have certain, like, visions or ideas in your head of what you see possible. I think trying to figure out the steps to take to get there. Um, what do you focus on? When do you focus on it? And I think is it adversity in itself? And it's, it's sort of like a, it is a true like mental obstacle sometimes. Cause it's like, yo, like I see this, but like, okay, we have to do this, you know, um, over here to, to, to even like, even think about going over there. Right. Um, and so, you know, before we left, I know that was definitely something that was a struggle. It was just like, you know, wanting to grow in a certain way and not feeling like we were really, we were, we were getting there to what we saw, you know. Um, and so I think that's still something that we're working through is just like putting the action behind what we know we want to do. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so we've talked a whole lot about your journey and building and what you guys have been doing and, and all of the growth that you've done, but you're still individuals, you're still people. So aside from work, what do you guys do in your off time? Not that there really is any, but in your off time, what do you guys do for yourself? Like, what do you enjoy doing that, you know, isn't necessarily a part of Toasted Life? Some skateboard, skateboard. Is there anything like, there might not be? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just, just personally, uh, I, I like to volunteer a decent amount. So I, I assistant coach at a high school not too far from Oakland. 
um, with their, with what their score? Uh, track. So I ran track in college. And uh, I mean, that, was, that was really awesome. I realized that, you know, since coming to the Bay and again, not having family out here, you know, I'm like, I really just lost touch with younger people, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is how they act. Or this is, you know, <laughs> just, it, it's funny just being out there on the track with them. It brings back a lot of memories. And it's really awesome to see them grow and, and um, you know, grow as athletes and as, you know, young minds, which is cool. Yeah. Um, traveling is definitely something that I know we're both super passionate about. I'm trying to check off a uh, hundred countries. I don't, I don't know about this guy. Oh, I love it. Yes. He's not, he's not down for all a hundred, but I, <laughs> I think I'm like halfway there personally. I think I'm at like 50 or something like that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. What is this face? What is this face? You're looking at him like. I mean, you're like, <laughs> because, yeah, like <laughs> the number always goes up every time. It's really, it's really, it's really good. They're like 50. <laughs> Okay. He's a, yeah, he wanted to go to 75. Let me check, He's up let me check, to check those stamps. Let me see. Right. <laughs> right, I got one full passport. I got you know, two more ready. Uh-oh. He said passport check. <laughs> um, nah, I, uh, same, same as Matt, like um, the travel. Definitely love to, you know, just kind of be out exploring new places. Um, you know, I'm really big on nature, so you know, I'm usually at like parks or you know, beaches or things of that nature. Just being by the water is like super common for me. Um, but then, like something I recently picked up over the past like year or two is like uh, you know, cooking. Um, you know, I'm predominantly predominantly plant based, and so I say predominantly because you know, sometimes you gotta flex. You gotta, you, you gotta flex it a little bit. You know, you might have to doubt. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you hit me? Hmm? <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I like started my plant-based journey like two and a half, three years ago. And like after I left Airbnb, so like, these tech companies, you know, they used to feed us. But, right. You know, right. We were in the office and so like yeah. breakfast was a dinner. So like I didn't really have no reason to cook or like, have, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. once I left the job, I was like, oh, snap. Like I got to... <laughs> I got to figure something out here. So yeah, I really like tapped into my Caribbean roots and really started to make a lot of like really tasty vegan dishes. So um, I, meal prep, I meal prep a lot. And so that's something that brings me joy. Like every Sunday, I'm just kind of like, I make up, a, you know, a bunch of dishes and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of have, have a like nice little therapy session. <laughs> I like it. So that's fine. Love it. Do you guys find time? I like that. It's hard. It's hard to find the time. I know. So I think that what you're doing is is awesome, especially because you're still, you know, you're still improving, even in the times that you're, you know, off the clock, if you will. Um, you're still improving and helping the community and traveling, and I think that's important. So that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, for anyone who is looking to follow in your footsteps, as I'm sure a lot of people are, um, what are three tips that you would like to leave them with that they could, you know, help to get to where you are? Um, I know we touched on a few earlier, just like focus, simplify, but another one that pops up to me is, um, education. You know, I think you can never stop innovating yourself, um, and like leveling up, uh, yourself. And so whether that is, taking a course in something that you want to be more proficient in, like go do that, spend that money and invest in yourself. Um, I took a couple courses. Um, I just finished exams for one actually, a business course. 
Um, and it's like, it pays dividends because you can literally apply it, you know, in real time as you're working on your business. So I would implore any entrepreneur to, there's something that you feel you don't know as well, you're not as knowledgeable about, either seek counsel or someone who's an expert in it um, and work with them so you're not sort of spinning your wheels trying to do something that you're not good at. <laughs> Um, or go learn it yourself and so that you can be, so that you can be better in it. So. I think one for me, probably consistency, right? I think, uh, especially in this era, which I think is really interesting, a lot of people are, are chasing the, the quick wins, right? Like, you know, we look at this like Bitcoin stuff and day trading and all this stuff, which I think is good. And there's a lot of money to be made, you know, if, you're, if you, if you uh, learn, right, the education side. Um, but I think most things take time and, and patience. Um, and even if you don't see results instantly, you know, I think, uh, it's, it, yeah, you're in it for the long run. And I think if you study a lot of big businesses, you know, it, it took time. It took a lot of energy and effort and it wasn't just like that. We got one more, number three. Um, I'll say um are the people really getting sticks because you guys are both giving right oh, yeah. well, yeah. we're, 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 it's, everything's, everything's okay, okay. okay. the last one the last one i would say ask for help like mm. i um yeah one of one of our mentors uh um mandela she runs a uh a, a company called uh founder gym um, she coaches and trains founders on how to raise money and stuff. Shout out to her. Uh, but one of her one of her modules that she was teaching, she's talking about a lot of entrepreneurs don't know how to ask for help or sort of like sort of prideful to ask for help, and that gets that gets in their way, you know, because we don't know what we don't know and we can't see around every corner. And so there is always somebody who is smarter than you or has done something that you have not done. And so always trying to seek perspective, I think is like probably the number one thing. And so like, ever since I heard that, I thought about my own self. It's like, yeah, like sometimes I am afraid to ask for help, you know, because I don't want to see as, I don't want to be seen as not knowing or I don't want to be asking for favors, you know what I mean? But it's just like, ever since then, I've been getting on the phone, like, yo, like, <laughs> you know, what's up? Hey. How'd you do this? You know what I mean? And people like to talk about themselves and they like to give information. So. I would, you know, I think that's probably like the last one that I would say. Those are great tips. Um, if you want to put to action these three these three tips from our entrepreneurs or to gather more educational resources, visit Hennessy's Never Stop, Never Settle Society.org. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us all the way from the Bay Area. And I have to give a shout out to Sean. You guys know Sean, right? Team Hennessy Bay Area. Yeah. That's yeah. like my yeah. brother. He says hello. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've collaborated in a lot of events together too. So Sean's been, uh, he's been in our corner for a long time. Love that guy. Amazing. When are you guys back in Los Angeles? Maybe October actually. So stay tuned. Me too. First invite. Yeah. Yes, I will be there. Well, thank you guys again. Um, For the people that are listening in and watching in, where can they find you guys on social platforms? Yeah, so all our handles are at Toasted Life. So Twitter, IG, we have a TikTok now. I don't know if we even knew that. Okay. <laughs> um, TikTok, we, we fresh in the game on the TikTok side. 
Uh, and then our website is toastalight.com. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us and for sharing thank your story. Yeah, Congratulations thank you. on everything again. Yes. This, this has been great. We enjoyed the conversation. So yeah, keep, keep, keep that inspiration going with everybody. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks, guys. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. For any inquiries or sponsorship requests, please visit wearefedwork.com.